Welcome back to the Wombology podcast. I'm here with Nicole Granati, who is a spiritual counselor, psychic minister, and teacher focused on the relationship we as spirit have with our bodies. She is the owner of Spiritual Hello, where she guides people in recognizing and using their own abilities to heal, create, and enjoy life. So welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much for being here. Yay. Hi. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. So I also want to mention before we dive in that I have worked with Nicole as like we had a psychic call session. How do you call those? A spiritual counseling call. It's spiritual counseling. And we've kind of been talking about this in my community lately of like, you know, legally I am a, I'm a minister. Mm -hmm. So the work that I do is technically providing spiritual counsel. And so what I could also say is that it's a psychic reading Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that providing and like doing psychic readings is a way that I practice my, my spiritual beliefs. And, and that's totally true. But spiritual counseling is also called this because it is spirit to spirit communication. And basically what that means is that I am like during the reading, I'm like in a space of like a light trance. I'm like in a meditative space and I am like communicating as spirit, as the spirit that's me, mm-hmm. Nicole. And I'm saying hello to like you, Dana, for example, the spirit that is you, Dana. Mm-hmm. So it's spirit to spirit communication. And yeah, it's been totally, completely transformative for me in my life. Mm-hmm. Um yeah yeah we'll dive into that we can also just say like i'm a witch you know (laughs) yes love it i i just recently had mora uh call me a witch on uh uh, on instagram on the podcast too so yeah we love that but yeah like i just i just love for the audience to know that the guests that i bring on like i really do vet them i like work with them you know i don't like to bring on people that you know, I have no idea what they do or what they're offering. And, you know, just for like free publicity or whatever, it's like, I really trust you guys and want to, you know, introduce you to the audience as people that they should, you know, check out and see what they think as well. And I just loved our session so much. I, uh, to give the audience a little background, like they already know, I think I've mentioned it a few times that I had been going through a breakup and was just feeling very like, oh my gosh, I need some answers. Like, is, is he the one, like, should we try again? Or was that it kind of thing? And the whole conversation just brought a lot of peace and you really do. It's like, you just see me so well that it reminds me of what I already knew about myself. Like the answers were inside me, but it's like, I needed an external person to kind of like, just validate (laughs) that what I know is what it is, like what's happening. And I was thinking about you the other day too, because I was, I wasn't even meditating. I was just like, I actually was laying out naked in the sun, (laughs) which is like, not, um, it's something I like wish I could do more, but I live in this 
apartment that I can't really just go out and do that. But I was pet sitting at someone's house and they had a very private backyard. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, the clothes are coming off. I'm getting me in the sun as soon as possible. And when I closed my eyes, I just like randomly saw this really like fuchsia magenta kind of color. And then it turned into this like blood red kind of color. And it was very similar to the color that you described that you saw. I think it was of my energy or it might've been of the energy of the relationship of the person that I was with. But I never, like I never see colors when I meditate. I know some people do, but that was never a thing for me. And it was so random. So I just like thought of you when that happened. Yes. I love that. Yes. Uh, I've seen energy as colors and the colors can change and the colors can mean different things. And I love that sunlight Yes, <laughs> moment you had. And I really enjoyed the reading that we did. You know, I hilariously, you know, as, as a psychic, you know, people often want to look at like romance and finance. Those are like two really common things, but I do so many different kinds of readings and I work with animals and pets and I do a lot of stuff with female health and menstruation and pregnancy and fertility and all that. So I really don't actually get like a lot of <laughs> just like relationship readings. So I was like, oh yes, this is yes. great. <laughs> um and and it is like such a sweet way to get to know people as well. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was already like a fan of yours. It's like your Instagram content and being in community with you and the womb room and stuff. So like yeah, I just like to interact and connect in all these different ways. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. So let's start with your personal experience with endometriosis and how your psychic work actually helped you heal yourself after no luck with the conventional medical system. Sure. So <laughs> <laughs> like when I even say endometriosis, it's kind of like I'd never gotten an official diagnosis from a medical professional. Mm -hmm. And but I was like, you know, having just this, you know, I'm saying in quotes, like mystery experiences and pain. And I was a few years into dedicated like training for doing psychic work and attending a school for psychics in Southern California. Mm -hmm. How cliche can I be? <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I had been for like several years, like doing all of that sort of like energy work. And then for, I don't even know, eight or more years prior, I was in like the health food world. So I was selling supplements and herbs and being paid to learn about that stuff. And also just having grown up with a lot of that influence from my family. So I had like a lot of information about like health and wellness, but it was also about like how to actually integrate that and utilize it properly for me mm -hmm. <laughs> and for my body. So my periods were like historically terrible. And when I was in my early twenties, I like quit drinking and taking drugs, which was something that I did habitually and recklessly for like all my, all my teens in my early twenties. And so I like quit smoking cigarettes and doing all these things. And I got really dedicated to health and <clears throat> wellness and, you know, studied all these different modalities and was always kind of experimenting with myself. And I had a lot of improvements in a lot of areas, but like my periods were still just like not good. Mm -hmm. And I would also say that like my anxiety always like was still there. 
I would go through times where like there was relief, but definitely the way my body is like in like my dosha and Ayurveda is uh, vata, like mm-hmm. kind of can be high, strong, can run dry. Mm-hmm. I'm like a nail biter. I'm like a teeth grinder, jaw mm-hmm. clencher. Right. And I always will say too, I'm like, I'm a tigger. Um, <laughs> and tiggers are really fun and we can do a lot of stuff, but also sometimes we get stuck in trees. So <laughs> I was basically stuck in a tree with my menstruation because I still for three days every month, like had to take, you know, um, a pain reliever, like a leave or whatever it is, an aproxen sodium. I would take that mm-hmm. for three days and I had really heavy bleeding and really just like severe symptoms. And so this was kind of my thing for many, many years, you know, I would take the supplements and I would do all the things, but I also had like really slow digestion is what a uh, nurse practitioner told me I had. Mm -hmm. And then I needed to take fiber every day. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd wake up every morning and I would like chug this like powdered fiber thing in water And like, that's basically how I could poop. Mm -hmm. So I did not understand that like the constipation and the bad period symptoms were basically kind of like the same symptoms. Mm. And I was having like, I was having, I was no longer having like pain relief from taking the elite. Mm. And I was having like a different pain that wasn't particularly... It wasn't during my period for one, so I didn't exactly connect it, but it started kind of looking like I couldn't eat anything Mm. and I was always having bloating and pain and just problems. And of course, at this time, I also did not understand that not having an appetite in the morning was not a good reason for not eating breakfast (laughs) and not Uh having an appetite in the morning was like, indicative of other things. And I also, you know, I worked full time on my feet and I had no control over like my sleep or when I could go to the bathroom or when I could eat. So I wasn't eating, sleeping or going to the bathroom when my body needed to. Mm. It was all being kind of defined by my job. Okay. And so I had had, you know, probably just a decade of doing that like a decade of working, not listening to my body, pushing, pushing, pushing. And my body, thankfully, amazingly, miraculously, but not because that's what our bodies are supposed to do, uh, was like, um, excuse me, no, <laughs> can't actually do this anymore. So I felt betrayed that my pain relievers were not working for me during my periods about this like specific like embarrassing pain that was like basically like in my butt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the butt cramps, the worst. And I would be like, literally, I remember one time I was checking out at a grocery store and I just got this surge of severe pain. And I was like, (laughs) like arched my body backwards and I was like screamed and like echoed. Oh my God. (laughs) I know exactly the pain you're talking about, but I've never like screamed out loud. That's hilarious. Well, and that was the thing because there had been, yeah. And there'd been so many times and ways that I could kind of like hide it, Mm -hmm. but it was just getting to the point where like I couldn't. And again, I had gone to like this, you know, we had this through my job, we had this wellness center where I was going to get like 
pap smear. Like, I don't know. Like if I thought like, oh, I don't know what this is. Like, let's get an STD test or I don't mm. know what this is. This nurse practitioner there, I even remember her name. I'm not going to call her out right now, but like she was the one that said like, oh, you have slow digestion. You need to take fiber. Mm. I didn't understand that. Like I wasn't going to a gynecologist and like that, that it's not the same. Mm-hmm. So you know, I was on that, like, okay, well, I have to take this fiber every day or I can't poop. Mm-hmm. And then that also was no longer working. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I basically in 2017 had like a full like health, I mean, we could call it a crisis, but like, I mean, it was really like a blessing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had already like stepped down from my job and I was working three days a week. But then like even that schedule wasn't working because I was still just so imbalanced and so all over the place and the pain was worsening. And there were two months back to back where I couldn't get off the floor in the bathroom. And I didn't realize it until after the fact when I looked, I went back and looked at the calendar. I was like, oh, both of those days were two days before my bleed came. Mm. So it took like actually years to realize that this, I was having cyclical and terribly painful constipation. Mm. I did not make that connection. And then I started being like, okay, well, it makes sense. Like if my uterus is full of tissue and blood and like constipated and everything's all right, you know, it's Mm -hmm. all right in the same area. Yeah. Um, But I also then at that time didn't understand like pelvic inflammation. And I definitely Mm -hmm. did not understand what endometriosis was or is. And and I ended up going to the emergency room because I thought I had like a rust, uh, ruptured cyst, which, you know, I have people in my family, women in my family that have had that happen. So I know that's like super painful and you like go to the doctor mm-hmm. and I was like out in public and it got so severe that I was just like sobbing and had to wait to get a car ride to go to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. And at the emergency room, they were like, here, we're going to give you some pain reliever. We're gonna, And I was like, no, like... I, I'm, I think like this is causing or is caused by constipation. Like, please don't give me that. They're like, you're refusing it. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And then, you know, I had like a pretty traumatic experience of getting like an intravaginal ultrasound with like one of those wands in the emergency Mm -hmm. room. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was inconclusive and they were like, you should go to a gynecologist. And I was like, well, haven't I been going to a guy? Like, I literally didn't know that I was going to this like RN. Mm. So I found a gynecologist and she was also the one that was like, oh, you're having cyclical constipation? Like, okay, like, let's look into this. Mm-hmm. And, and again, like the job that I mentioned that would like, didn't work for my body was something I was really trying to step out of, but it was all that I had known like my whole adult life. And I'd also just started my like psychic business, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which so then I had all these like feelings about like, how can I be, you know, a helper? Like, how can I Uh help people if I can't even have my own life together? And now I look at it like, well, yeah, I had to get all this out of the way (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and heal this so that I could, so I could step more into that role. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah. The, the gynecologist and I, I mean, she did kind of work with me. And I remember just asking, like, can we just put me like on disability or something? Like, I just need a couple months 
where I can like be financially supported so that I can like heal this. Like, I know I can heal this. And she's like, well, I can't really recommend that for you unless you take the, you go on on hormonal contraceptives and, or we do surgery. Like you have to exhaust all these other things. Oh my gosh. And they have to not work in order for that. So I took a leave of absence from my job and I never went back except for four hours a week. (laughs) (laughs) And like during that time, I just like started to have what I would call like unmedicated periods where I would actually like not try to take a, I would not take a pain reliever and I would assess and experience fully what my body, like the pain that my body was creating. Cause I was also like really fascinated by that. Mm. But during these times where I was like kind of going back and forth with this gynecologist and trying to like figure it out, I'm saying in quote, I read in, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom by Christian Northrup. Yes. One of my faves. Yes. And this is a book, again, I've, it's, it's yellowed right now. I've probably had this book for since, I don't know, 2007 or eight. Um, I looked in the endometrius or the uterus section of the book on page 172, in which she's describing the symptoms of endometriosis and You know, she's talking about debilitating pelvic pain and cramps. And then she says most women are somewhat somewhere in between the two extremes of those and, you know, milder symptoms. But the most common area for endometriosis to occur is behind the uterus in the area between the uterus and rectum known as the cul-de-sac of Douglas. Endometriosis in this area can cause painful intercourse, rectal pressure and pain with bowel movements, especially before a period. Mm. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> right there. Yes. There it is. Um, I, I, rem- I remember in her book, she kind of connects. I can't remember. I guess there were studies done of like connecting certain conditions with certain like life experiences. I remember vaguely there was something about like, if like your father was an alcoholic, you're more likely to have like ovarian cancer or something like that. I don't know if that was exactly it, but like, was there anything, any kind of thing like that for endometriosis? Well, I was literally just going to. Okay. Okay. Way <laughs> into like getting ahead uh, of myself. What? No, no. You're like, like right there because, and I don't know. I mean, she, I love this book because she does speak, to, you know, she has women's stories in there and, yeah. you know, for me, it was kind of like this thing of like all the years of kind of like abandoning, betraying, forcing, ignoring my body. Mm-hmm. Like that's really what it came down to. And in all the ways, like I mentioned, like drug and alcohol use in my younger life. And then also just like reckless treatment of my body in regards to like sexual activity with other people. And then even working in the health food world, like that kind of like dismissing what I really needed, which was like good sleep, mm-hmm. regular meals, and to like literally go to the bathroom when I needed to go to the bathroom. Like <laughs> yeah. during this time where like I was saying, like I, I was on a leave of absence for work and I like went into debt for my uterus, I say, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. I don't want my uterus to have to do that. Uh (laughs) Like during that time, I literally had to train myself to be like, okay, I have to pee right now. I'm going to go pee, you know, Mm -hmm. or like, oh, I am hungry. I'm going to go get myself a thing to eat. You know, like it was just this 
this training that I had adapted to in my work, in my job. And, you know, so I feel like the endometriosis symptoms, because again, like I didn't wear that diagnosis, like, oh, this is just the thing I have. And I'm just going to have it now. Like I come from a background of I'm a home birth. I was raised outside the medical system. Like I said, I was exposed to a lot of like natural remedies. My mother never and still does not take aspirin or anything like that. Mm. My grandmother was, this is, you can see her right here. This is a photo of her naked at her, at the nudist camp that she co-founded. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. And it's like, I come from that background of like, uh, like the body, we can, we can work through these things. Mm-hmm. And then again, that was like part of my passionate draw to like natural healing and, you know, alternative medicine and all these things. So it was really just this kind of like, I don't know, this like strange distortion. And, you know, I looked into people's stories about endometriosis. I read books. There's one book called like, ask me about my uterus. Mm -hmm. And it's a woman's like very detailed description of kind of similar stuff where she's just like having this inexplicable pain and she can't get a diagnosis and she has to do so much of her own research. Mm -hmm. We could do a whole podcast about my opinions about that book though, because, (laughs) (laughs) because in her case, endometriosis was associated with like a lot of other stuff with like her upbringing and relationship with her mother and grandmother and relationship with food and nourishment. And, you know, in my opinion, that had so much to do with it too. Like, Mm -hmm. Uh, for myself, like I would eat what only I could, what I could just get away with. Like, not that I was intentionally restricting, but it was just like, I don't have time. I don't have time. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't have time for this. I need to just hurry up, eat and like get on to the next thing, Mm -hmm. um, whatever that is. And I, and I didn't want to, (sighs) yeah, I had no interest in, in being like, well, I either have to get on these hormonal contraceptives or undergo surgery or just have this thing for the rest of my life. Like th- like those weren't the options that I wanted. And like, that's where like the spiritual work and the energy work came in for me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's so important to me in my work now that I just want to mention here is that like, I am not interested in programming anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, that's why, you know, if I'm giving a reading, I'm saying hello to you. Like you were describing Dana, like you felt validated what you already knew, but it was, un- it was underneath some other energy. Yeah. You know, it was like this, it was there, but you weren't totally like embodying it or living it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so when I talk about like my experience of healing myself of these symptoms, uh, I'm not suggesting that anyone else should do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or that they like, you know, because I feel like it can come across or, or, or it could sound like, um, ableism. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do innately, I do believe that we have the innate ability to heal ourselves of any and all things. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got goosebumps when I said that, um, because I have done that and I have seen so, 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 so many people do that. Yeah. And I will add that like everyone is on their path. Mm -hmm. Everyone has their own experience with their body in this lifetime. And, you know, what I feel like my work in the world is to do is like to help people connect with themselves and connect with their own energy. But 
also like no one's doing it wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And however, like it's coming to you because I did not feel aligned with like the endo warrior, like hashtag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just, you know, and perhaps like, you know, I didn't have it as bad or my symptoms weren't as bad or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just want to be like, I want to use care when I speak about endometriosis too, because this was in a, in a sense, something I suffered from for many years without having a clue. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's like a blip because I don't have any symptoms of it at mm-hmm. all. And I haven't, I've had other symptoms from other <laughs> things, uh-huh. <laughs> but those specific kinds of like that pain that I could do like seemingly nothing about, I I don't experience that anymore. And I am happy and proud of that. And I can talk a little bit about the things that I did, like, like the the practices I did that like work toward this concept of when we heal the spirit, the spirit heals the body. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to highlight how you really like, faced the pain head on. Like when you said it used to be like you would be lying on the floor in pain, unable to get up. And then one time you were just like, okay, let me just not try to numb this pain at all, not use any medic, like um, painkillers and just see what happens when I actually listen to what my body is saying and try and like understand and hear. And that really resonated with me where you were saying, not that it was so much your choice to ignore your body's signals. Like it was kind of a byproduct of your job, but I (laughs) kind of was by choice. Like I I was using, I was like denying myself water and food and even like showering sometimes as a form of punishment. Sometimes like if I didn't, if I, uh, failed a test or didn't do as well on a test as I wanted to in college or something, I'd be like, well, you don't deserve to eat because now you have to study extra hard to like get an A the next time. So very not productive for my body or healthy. And yeah, it just makes me, you know, think about, wow, I really was not like listening to what my body needed and not treating it in the best way. And just proud of myself for where I'm at now and how I'm like so in tune with my body and like whatever it needs, I try immediately to give it that and like adjust my work schedule around how I'm feeling. So yeah, I love that like you were able to do that. And yeah, I would definitely love to hear what that healing process looked like for you. Yeah. You know, we call them perfect pictures, right? It's like... (laughs) Mm-hmm. If I don't do it perfectly, I'm going to be in trouble. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just so interesting how like we, we, it comes to us like backwards in some ways. Like it's like, we can't hate away the things we don't like about ourselves. Mm-hmm. We actually have to like love them, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, uh, or, you know, something I say, like we have, we have to have havingness for them. And mean, meaning like we don't have to like accept them or love them actually, but like if we can have those things be there, mm. it makes it a lot easier for them actually to release mm-hmm. because it's kind of like, okay, they're there, you know, mm-hmm. instead of like, no, you can't be here. <laughs> yeah. 
But so Dana, are you familiar with emotional freedom technique, which is tapping? Have you ever seen people tap? Do you tap? I don't tap, but I am familiar with it. Yes. I guess I kind of do. I have one energy. um, Actually, it came from the book that I shared with you, Energy Healing for Women. There's like a five-minute energy hygiene, she calls it, which I really like the sound of that because it's like, yeah, we have hygiene in terms of like we brush our teeth and we shower and like our body hygiene, but then you forget about like your energy hygiene, which also needs to be cleansed. And so, yeah, it's it's part of the practice is like tapping certain points. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I totally see that too. A friend of mine who's a spiritual teacher as well always says that like when we, when we heal ourselves, it's like, it's like a spiritual shower. Like we're (laughs) cleaning our bodies every day. And then when we, you know, meditate and, you know, heal ourselves, it's doing the same thing. Yeah. And so for me, tapping was something that was introduced to me many, many years ago. Um, And it's, and it focuses on like emotions. So I also want to mention like that during this time, I had like a huge support of teachers and friends and colleagues that I was like going to psychic school with. So Mm -hmm. I think that's another reason why that, that this experience did become a blip for me. It's like, because I had people around me, I had like hilarious psychics that would like, could make a joke with me about what Mm -hmm. I was experiencing. Like when I Mm -hmm. told my teachers, like I'm in the ER and they did like an x-ray or whatever. And they said, I'm severely constipated. And my teacher was like, yeah, I knew you were full of shit. You know, (laughs) (laughs) so I had I had placed myself in in a situation where I had a lot of like, yeah, Mm -hmm. just that kind of (laughs) don't take yourself too seriously sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so even though I'd been introduced to tapping by other people, I didn't really have a tapping practice. And when I started going to my school, they, we were, we would do tapping. And so I got into the habit of that. And so I was kind of like, okay, well, I bet from what I had become really aware of with my period, especially like at my job. And I, you, and I've told this story before, but I had this coworker who's a man and we were like tight. We worked together every single morning before like the store opened. I knew about his wife and his kid and he would know about me and like, what, you know, my, like we were, we were tight. Mm -hmm. And one day he's like, Nicole, like what's going on with you? Like, you don't, you don't like seem like yourself. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like at my period, like I feel really bad before I even finished the sentence. He was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. TMI. TMI. (sighs) And it made me so mad because I was Mm. like, you hear me say one thing one time about one experience I'm having during one of my periods. And like, that's TMI, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm. like that's, you know, but like, I just, I was kind of like on that. (laughs) I just remembered that. And it was just in my space. And I was like, I wonder how much that kind of energy is affecting my period. Mm -hmm. And I wonder what kind of emotions are underneath the pain that are connected with that exact thing that mm-hmm. I'm having this like full body experience and this like spiritual experience <laughs> in my menstrual time that I just have to be like, do, 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 like nothing's happening. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and like, I mean that to me, like the, the, the congestion that happens both physically or that happens physically is like for me not being able to like express how it's making me feel yeah and like be shut down like that by a friend 
And to feel, you know, it's like, well, if I had had a headache and said, oh, I just have a headache, he'd probably been like, oh, shit, girl, come here. Like, let me go get you an aspirin. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I started tapping on that kind of stuff. I would tap on like, you know, you the, the way you do tapping is you kind of use this. I can't remember even what it's called right now, but it's like you say a statement like, even though I'm really angry at my coworker for not supporting me during my period, I still love, appreciate and accept myself. Mm-hmm. And you repeat that a couple of times and then you tap on these places. Mm-hmm. I'm so mad at my coworker. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> I'm so pissed. I'm mm-hmm. so angry at him for not supporting me during my period. And you kind of just repeat phrases like that. And you tap on these points on the body mm-hmm. and you kind of do it and then gauge kind of how you feel before and how you feel after. Mm-hmm. So I did tons and tons and tons and tons of tapping. And what I found underneath these layers was a lot of shame, mm-hmm. a lot of shame, a shame. I, I had shame about just having a female body in general, shame about how much pain I experienced with my menstruation. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so I was so, there was so much shame there. And then also mm-hmm. fear. Like I was so afraid of my body. Mm-hmm. I was afraid of the pain. Mm-hmm. And so like getting to all of that. (laughs) I was also during this time in my minister's program, which is a year long program. So I had already been one, two, I'd already done two years of clairvoyant training. And this was like my third year. And to graduate, there's a final project. So I did my final project on (laughs) my menstruation. (laughs) Mm. And because I I wanted to do something else, I had this whole plan, but it was literally like, well, this is what's happening in my life. Like, this is the main thing. It's like the event of my 2017. So one of the things that we did in that class was to kind of clairvoyantly read the Bible. And um, I was literally looking up something. I got my Bible here. (laughs) I was literally, I was looking something up. I don't, in the back, I don't remember what it was. I think it might've been mediumship. Mm-hmm. And then I saw menstruation and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and so I started and then reading the Bible as a psychic looks like for me reading something and then closing my eyes and practicing kind of like grounding myself separate from the text and from all the years of translations and whatever else, and kind of looking at what is my information mm. with this. Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying about, I don't want to program anybody. And I also am very interested in like not being programmed. Yeah. <laughs> so I did a biblical interpretation of what is written in the Bible about menstruation mm. And through that process and the tapping, I'm like, I'm healing myself on an energy level. Right. Mm-hmm. And the tapping does, I think, help with body stuff because I see energy or I'm sorry, I see emotions as the way that our body communicates with us. Mm-hmm. So emotions are like a body thing. And but then like body being able to communicate with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where. There's like body to spirit and spirit to body communication. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you might hear people talk about like, I'm not in my body or 
how do I have an out of, how do I have an out of body experience or what does that mean to like be in my body? And like, when people say like, I would like to have an out of body experience. I'm always like, guess what? You have them all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like we are the way I see it is like, we are eternal spiritual energy. We are energy Mm -hmm. and we get to have physical bodies and, and incarnate in different lifetimes and in this universe and maybe others. Mm -hmm. So being able to start to heal myself as spirit to kind of like release from my energetic space, the stigma, Mm -hmm. the shame, the fear. And then again, like using the Bible as an example of in this In this script, I'm not going to read it too much, but it basically just again and again says that the woman is unclean. She's Mm -hmm. unclean. She's unclean. She's like, that's the word that's used. Mm -hmm. So, and also I want to show you my bookmark in this. (laughs) It says says cunt for those who can't can't see it. (laughs) It's a sticker that says cunt. Just so you know, I don't take the Bible too seriously, but I also really like what I can do in terms of freeing myself from the ways that the energy of the Bible has impacted me as a menstruating female in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, this idea of being unclean and what does that mean to me? And like, what, how do I see that? And like, when I like got kind of through all the energy and looked at it, I was like, well, yeah, it is unclean. (laughs) (laughs) And what I'm interpreting from this biblical text is to act like it, like act like it's happening And it says, like, you know, if you're a man, don't sleep with a woman. Like, don't whatever. Don't lay with a woman. Don't sit on a, you know. And it's just like, yeah, like, don't bleed all over the place. Like, (laughs) and and my interpretation is also, like, treat it like a ceremony or treat it like a ritual or treat it like it's actually happening. Mm -hmm. And and to honor your body and to honor, like, what it's doing. Mm -hmm. And you know, around this time too, I like volunteered at this event called Cycles and Sex, which was now this community entity called, they're called All Bodies Health now. Mm. But they had an event in Los Angeles and they had all these tables and all these different things. It was super cool. And I met a lot of people and heard some great speakers. Erica Hart was one of them. And Mm. Madam Gandhi, I can't remember her actual name, but she shared about like running that marathon while she was menstruating. And, Mm -hmm. um, but there were all these tables and I would go talk to people running them and they would be like, yeah, we have these, you know, cups, like deep cup, we have this and that, but Mm -hmm. so many people don't want to interact with their blood. Mm. Like people don't want to, they don't want to, you know? So that was also another thing of like, Hmm, I wonder how much this societal idea of not wanting to interact with our like animal bodies has also impacted me, you know, Mm -hmm. like how has that energy impacted me? So, yeah. So to look at things energetically like that, and then to be able to notice with like a kindergarten vibration of curiosity, (laughs) (laughs) how can this be like literally, like how could I be holding that energy literally in like my womb? Mm-hmm. in my ovaries and you know other other places in my body mm-hmm. and then the kind of like meditation and self-healing techniques 
our healing techniques, because I can use them for other people as well, utilizing those things with the focus on releasing out all that stuff and clearing it away so that as spirit, it's not such a big deal. My body, which has, you know, mass and like, you know, (laughs) the Mm -hmm. confines of time and space gets to kind of catch up. The body doesn't have to be spiritual. The body doesn't have to go through all of that. The body doesn't have to go back through these like (laughs) thousands of years of biblical, you know, text. Like the body can, the body is always in present time, Mm -hmm. right? Like the body can't go to the future or the past. Mm -hmm. We as spirit can do that. So it's really just like once all the majority, like a lot of that energy started to release, I had probably like, I don't know. 20 months of like no symptoms Mm. like for the first time ever pain-free periods that I wasn't even having to like lay around with the heating pad to experience like I could go up and get dressed and like go out and like do a thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that was like I mean it was amazing Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it I was like I'm doing it because that was the other thing when when it was pretty bad I was like how am I ever going to be able to like plan my life if a one week every month, like I am incapacitated essentially, like how am I going to get a job? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like, I mean, I literally also pretty immediately got a remote job Mm -hmm. at that time. And so, you know, but it was like all of these fears also that were sort of just like, like I would feel them on a body level. And then it was almost like my uterus would just contract and Mm. hold, hold, hold. And it was also during that time, like I learned about yoni steaming and I learned and started putting into practice more regular, like castor oil packs and herbal body oiling. Mm -hmm. And that part of it was just like such a joy, you know, like I was scared and it was hard and I, like was crying all the time (laughs) and my like relationship at the time kind of started to really fall apart because I needed like a caregiver. And so that changed the dynamic a lot. And, and like, then there was like shame around that as well. So yeah. Biblical menstruation. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So So you said that you examined the feelings that came up when you were reading the text and it's like, oh, this is saying I'm unclean. How do I feel about that? Or how do I feel about my friend saying like, ew, whoa, TMI. So when you became aware of those feelings of shame, and I think you said fear, was it the tapping that helped you like turn that or like alchemize those feelings and turn it into a different belief or, uh, or what else was it? Yeah. I think the tapping was a big part of kind of like, mm, just kind of like scraping off the surface Mm -hmm. (laughs) of a lot of things. And I also just want to say like, I'm not like a tapping, like (laughs) educator but I really have a desire to like teach people tapping Mm -hmm. uh, because I just it's super helpful and Mm -hmm. also I'll mention with tapping that 
when you do tapping on things like I'm so fucking pissed at my friend that once you kind of get to a place with it where it's not so charged, then you would tap on something like, even though I'm an amazing healer, I still love appreciate and accept myself. And then you're like, I'm an amazing healer. I'm an amazing healer. I can heal mm-hmm. myself. Like then you kind of tap on something positive. Mm-hmm. Um, just FYI. And there's like tons and tons of really amazing videos on YouTube and elsewhere about tapping. Mm-hmm. So yes, I would definitely credit tapping to helping just deal with the kind of like crisis energy and the urgency because a lot of the meditation work that I do requires that I basically am sitting like I am right now. My feet are flat on the floor <laughs> and it's a lot of literally just sitting like with my eyes closed. It's visual meditation that involves grounding. So it's like having um, a connection from the base of one spine to the center of the planet, releasing energy down that. And then, and maybe I can even like walk us through a little like intro, like what I would teach in like Mm -hmm. meditation one Mm -hmm. of also like filling ourselves back up with our own energy. So that's the other thing I'll say is like releasing out all of that energy, how I have been the effect of, you know, collective consciousness about women, Mm -hmm. (laughs) how I, over the, you know, thousands of lifetimes that I've had and just being the effect of, you know, um, people being grossed out and afraid of, um, menstruation, how I've been the effect of that releasing out all of that energy means that there's way more room in my space for my own energy. And so that's a big part of it too, is like healing myself with my own energy and how the continual practice of that provides even more. And like you had, a, you know, you had that experience in the reading, you described it like, oh yeah, I had like a sense of what I was actually underneath there. And you um, said that you experienced clarity and validation. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's kind of what it's like when we get our own energy, um, or when we have our own information and a large part of my work too, is about you kind of like being in communication with the God of your heart and the God Mm -hmm. of your heart is your own information. Mm -hmm. And like, what, what is our own information? Well, (laughs) I kind of see it as like, if, if we are in fact incarnating in different bodies again and again, wouldn't that mean that we have lifetimes full of experiences that we have, (laughs) like we have information, like, Mm -hmm. and maybe it's stuff that like really is not um, relevant or appropriate for present time. I would say fairly with, with much certainty uh, that like where I live right now in my female body, that's like pretty and most like pretty and skinny and socially acceptable. Like I am pretty safe in my female body. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) There's still obviously whatever, but you know, I don't need the information of perhaps from a past life when like I was not safe in my female body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's again, it's different. Everyone has like different paths and different energies that they're working with in this lifetime. So it's like, how we can heal in, you know, not holding on to information that isn't relevant to present time and how we can access like 
oh, well, maybe there's, maybe I had a past life where like I was a fucking queen with all the power and say, and <laughs> mm-hmm. totally, you know, got to um, make decisions just as I saw fit and it was fine. And there was not threat of death or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how can, how can we maybe people who haven't like studied or like gone to a psychic school or things like that, how can we connect to that information or can anyone have psychic abilities? (laughs) I think that for the way I see it, like we all have a sixth sense. We all have intuition. Mm -hmm. Some of us are more sensitive than others. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I have to say that with a laugh because there, myself included, there are a lot of people that experience energy sensitivity or psychic abilities and are thought of as crazy. And that was kind of, and that was also why I drank and did drugs because Mm -hmm. I was trying to turn off that constant. I mean, you could actually think of it as a microphone as I'm looking at your microphone, (laughs) like constantly picking up Mm. whatever's going around. And the more sensitive a microphone, the more you know, nuanced, delicate and quieter tones it can pick up on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we think of, I mean, I also think about it as like a radio tower. Mm -hmm. If we are more sensitive, then we're just picking things up constantly without knowing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people can move through life and that's okay. That doesn't, that's not really an issue. Mm -hmm. And for some, it is uncomfortable (laughs) Mm -hmm. and also can shut us off from really also being able to create. And that's something too. I'll just say right quick that like, I feel like part of why all that pelvic congestion and inflammation and endometriosis symptoms for me were a metaphor for just general creative stuckness in my life. Mm -hmm. So anyways, but yes, I see that we are all, um, psychic on one level or another. And for me, yeah, it's like a matter of like how in tune or how interested are we and getting a little like practicing, like, and before I went to my psychic school, like I was doing other stuff. I would like Mm -hmm. (laughs) practice things and I would notice things, but there was a lot of effort involved. Mm -hmm. So what I always suggest for people, the most important thing (laughs) is um, it's not that serious meaning that like um, using amusement as a spiritual tool, and I talk about this a lot, but amusement is kind of like, you know, I I work with people that are like, uh, you know, there's like beings without bodies and they're keeping me up at night. Like, what do I do? And it's like, yeah, we want to like get to the bottom of this. This is serious. This is fucking scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I literally would say like, well, the best thing to do is like laugh at that and validate the fact that like you have that awareness mm-hmm. you know yeah so so yeah but should I like walk us through like a little grounding practice yeah absolutely okay because <laughs> this is like another thing that like I was saying earlier like having an out-of-body experience when we think about meditation it can often be like imagine yourself in this other place that's not in your body in the room that you're in Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, t- I'm a teacher of meditation that's in the body. Mm-hmm. So the best way to be in your body or to practice is again, to kind of like 
to be seated with your feet on the floor. And, you know, some meditation happens like sitting on the floor or laying in bed. When we're seated in a chair and our feet are flat on the floor, it actually makes it easier to stay in the body. Mm-hmm. And, it help, and it's easier for our energy to flow, which mm. kind of sounds like, what does that even mean? But so, okay. So what you can do <laughs> <laughs> is close your eyes mm-hmm. and just be behind your eyes and have your attention behind your eyes and take a breath here. And <laughs> Notice your body sitting. And what I'm going to explain is how to how to have a grounding cord and why you might want a grounding cord. It, for me, has been completely life-changing. I mentioned earlier that it is a way to release energy. And for me, it is a huge way that I released a lot of that stuff that I was mentioning. Mm. Even if you're experiencing pain, you can use a grounding cord to release that pain. Mm. So grounding cord is something that you imagine (laughs) that starts at the base of your spine, which is also your first chakra. Mm -hmm. So you're behind, your attention's behind your eyes, and then you also can just notice the base of your spine. (sighs) And then you can imagine a line of energy that goes from the base of your spine down to the center of the planet. And if that gets complicated for you, you can just imagine like a connect the dot situation where your first chakra is one dot and the center of the planet is another dot. And you can just imagine connecting those dots. And this is your grounding cord. (laughs) And your grounding cord connected to the center of the planet. Basically, the center of the planet is like a recycle center. So if there's energy in your space, it can release like sand. So if there's any energy in your space that is outdated, not yours it can be like sand releasing down the grounding cord Mm. and you can think of gravity (laughs) so you don't have to push it or effort it at all it can just release like sand And then again, like the best way for it to work is for there to be amusement. You know, sometimes meditation and healing can be very serious. (laughs) A very serious situation over here. But to laugh at it actually helps it release. The serious energy sometimes can, we can hold on to it there (laughs) in seriousness. And so... What you can do next is just also let that line of energy release to the center of the planet. And since you released all that sand, (laughs) all that energy, 
you can fill yourself back up. And the way that I can explain that is imagining a gold ball above your head. It's like a, it's called a golden sun. And this big, this gold ball above your head acts like a magnet for your energy, your life force energy. So where, from wherever it may be, and you don't have to know, and you don't have to go find it. Again, this is a no effort situation. (laughs) So (laughs) your life force energy flows into that gold ball. And as it gets bigger and it's all filled up, then you can allow it to fill up your body, starting from your feet first. So kind of like pouring orange juice into a glass, this golden sun pours into your body and starts to fill you up. So from your toes and fills up your feet, your ankles, and your legs, filling up your midsection, all of your organs. There's also something you can do if you do have pelvic pain, menstrual pain, you can imagine golden sun filling up your ovaries, your vulva, your vagina, your cervix, all the parts that I'm maybe not saying. (laughs) And if you need to, you can create another one, right? So if that one, if you need to create another gold ball above your head and fill up that again, you can, because the goal is to fill up your whole body. So your torso, breasts, if you have them, your shoulders, your arms, your hands, your fingers, fingernails, (laughs) your neck, your head, your face, your brain. And you just keep filling all the way up. (sighs) You can even double check and create another gold ball and let it fill up. You can also kind of imagine butter in an English muffin. So all the nooks and crannies in your space can get filled up with your goal, with your own life force energy. And you can take your time and make sure you fill up your back and just your whole space. And then When you're all done, you can bend over and touch your toes and sit back up. (laughs) And then did you, what did you notice, Dana? (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love the visualization of being connected to the earth. And it's funny that that grounding came up and like the root chakra, because that's been like a theme for me lately is like, because I'm an Aquarius. So I have this like Aquarian energy of like, I have to have adventure in my life and I have to like not be tied down to anything and like have freedom and all of those things. And <laughs> so I've just been exploring like 
because, okay, I've moved in this year alone. I've moved, I think four times in like four different States. And that wasn't totally like by choice. That was kind of like the circumstances of, of my year, but I do have a lot of trouble with like accepting, you know, oh, I, I have to like stay put in one place and not just be like a free bird, like going all over and, and just realizing that that's not the most like nourishing for me to not have, to not just like stay put in one place for an extended period of time and like actually have a home. And so, yeah, I've just been like having conversations with myself and my body around that recently. And, and it's funny, I I think I mentioned at the beginning of this call, how I saw the color red in when I was laying out naked in the sun and red is associated with the root chakra. And I feel like it was my body being like, Hey girl, you're on grounded as book. <laughs> like, <laughs> the thing, like we can have adventures and we can be free birds and be grounded. Exactly. I wrote because- something. Yeah. To myself in my journal, like, like maybe freedom doesn't have to mean like just going wherever and not having a home or whatever, but like the practice of having freedom as a mindset, like freedom in my mind. But yeah, what were you going to say? That grounding (laughs) makes it so that it doesn't have to matter what's going on. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, like I'm, a f- I have a female body in this lifetime. I could be uh, oppressed because of that for some reason, like, or I could be over here grounding, releasing whatever that potential oppression energy triggers in me, and then I can fill myself up with my own energy, and then I can be here in my female body. And it's not denying that it's you know, it's not saying like, no, women are not oppressed. I'm. Fine. <laughs> literally like no that's actually all happening like and in your case like okay yeah you moved a bunch of times and you might move a bunch more times dana if you would like Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and like you don't have to be the effect of that because being grounded being able to release whatever those moves are triggering in you right Mm -hmm. like and, and that's the thing too of like when because we can't really control like I mean, I don't know if you remember when COVID happened. (laughs) But like COVID, what's that? (laughs) I know. But the way that like I approached that was like literally tapping. I'm an amazing healer and I can heal myself. Even if I get this thing, I'm an amazing healer and I can heal myself. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say I didn't get scared at times or that I just was like, you know, all out and about whatever. But Mm -hmm. it, it was just this kind of, thing for myself, like I'm going to set the energy on how I'm going to move through this. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if we have to do tough things, like, you know, my dog died a couple years ago, I got to have grounding and I got to heal myself and give myself my own energy. So I can go through that experience mm-hmm. and like, you know, not whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> not turn it into like an enormous drama, but be able to like show up for that. And so you know, what day is your birthday? Did I say that? <laughs> January 28th. Oh, that's right. Right, right, right. Yeah. February mm-hmm. 16th. 
But then the grounding thing too, it's just like, I'm telling you, like, I think that's also why when it was like endometriosis, I was like, I don't have endometriosis. I, my body is exhibiting symptoms of endometriosis Mm. and then releasing what those symptoms, like literally imagining the pain releasing like sand, that pain Mm. from like the physical pain that my body's experiencing, imagining it. And then it's kind of like the energy that is contributing to the pain. Cause I also see pain as like stuck energy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if I can release the, the energy that's causing the pain, then like, I don't have the pain anymore. And like Mm -hmm. I said, that was the case for a long time until dun, 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 I got pregnant, but that's, that's another podcast. (laughs) Yep. Go to the womb room podcast to listen to that one. (laughs) Exactly. But, and I have seen just, I mean, I have seen people learn how to do that exact thing. Like in the first class of meditation one, we like I teach the grounding and then the golden sun and we do different versions of that mm-hmm. and literally people just in that one class I have seen just release stuff and like quit smoking or like like, like big life shifts happen mm-hmm. just in that because again like I described my uterus as this like clenched fist holding on to all this stuff that wasn't mine Mm-hmm. Once I realized, and again, my body doing me the favor of not allowing me to like anesthetize it essentially, like once I realized like, oh, that's there. And I've been clenching my, my uterus has just been clenched for how long, like I can let it go. I can let, I can release that, mm-hmm. you know? And what I also love about grounding is like, we don't even have to know what we're releasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't have to spend time in analysis of that. Mm-hmm. Because if for some reason it is our energy and we need it, then we just golden sun it right back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I love that. It's kind of like coming out of the victim mindset of like, oh, I, I have this, I have endometriosis, and it. That's kind of the energy of like identifying with it, and then once you look at it from from the lens of like just releasing that energy like oh this isn't mine this is just like my body communicating with me about you know things that need to change and then bringing that energy back i don't know for me i see it like kind of like a, a mindset shift too like i'm not claiming this identity of like i'm an endo warrior like i have endo it's it's like not something you have. It's just something that is like moving through you and that you can continue to let it just like go on its way. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like an expression that my body was exhibiting. And yeah, there's something also like, like to say like I have endo is it also kind of felt like it was like an endo has me. Yeah. Like, cause I definitely like was in spaces like that where it felt like a cage And it Mm -hmm. was this sort of like, what door do I go through here? You know? Mm -hmm. And again, I luckily had been practicing grounding and I mean, that's just the basis of like what I do. There's like a lot of other parts to it, but it it does, you know, revolve around like imagining and visual visualizing and then coming to see like that that's actually like effective and true and real, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that it's our creativity. Like we're creating, I'm creating healing by practicing 
being clairvoyant because that's the other part of it is like when we are in that space of quiet behind the eyes focused on you know things within our space it allows the clairvoyance to kind of like the way i see it just kind of gets like like a dimmer right Mm. it gets turned up and then and then it's like we don't even realize that we've been clairvoyant all along Mm -hmm. (laughs) and but that's also why the tapping was so important because for me to sit and close my eyes and try to visualize grounding when I feel like my my body is like when my body is in so much pain like for me that was kind of impossible and sometimes when we have like big emotional like when there's deaths when there's tragedies when there's you know, whatever, the politicians, the government, like whenever there's things like that, where we feel like we can't do anything, Mm -hmm. that's where the tapping has really, that really has a place in my opinion. And then tapping through all that allows for like more of a quiet, inner quiet to be able to do the grounding and the the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love just like hearing all the different kinds of modalities because different things work for different people. Like for me, I will say that visualization tends to be harder for me because I'm not like a visual person in general. I'm more of like, I have to like do the action. Like I have, if I, if I want to feel grounded, I have to literally go outside and like sit in the grass with my feet, you know, my bare feet in the grass or something like that. Or if I want to let go of something, (laughs) one time I had a a funeral for my past self that I was like trying to let go of. And I literally Mm -hmm. like put together like photos of my past self to like an altar. And I had candles and I like wrote a eulogy. (laughs) I like did a whole thing. So for me, it's and, and doing anything with more of a somatic, I guess that's what I'm saying, basically like a somatic experience, body movement, or like the energy sequence, the energy hygiene that I was talking about before. It's like a sequence of certain tapping and movements and like ways of positioning the body that really helps me to like, actually that like makes a visualization easier for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm just saying that out loud for anyone else who might feel like, oh, I've tried meditation and visualizations before and it doesn't really work like I'm with you there if you if you can find some way to like move your body in a way to bring that more to life that might be helpful I totally agree because that's the thing too I'm not really interested in just like sitting in a chair visualizing things like I'm (laughs) I'm interested in them coming in and like Mm -hmm. you know it's like if I'm like you know mocking something up like manifesting something I don't want to just experience it on an energy level, I would like to, and I do experience it on a body level. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's like the other part of kind of like healing the spirit and the spirit healing the body. Cause it's like, we can create and manifest energetically and as spirit, but what do we do to actually like bring it into the body so that like we have the relationship we'd like, or we have the car we'd like, or we have the parking spot we'd like, or the home we'd like, or the community we like, it's like, you know, it's out, it's, it's like visualizing and imagining, but then like taking the step and like living it too. So I love all those things too. Like I like having a grief altar. Like when I was going through like a lot of loss a couple of years ago, I had like a space out in my yard and it's like, I would walk my little self out there and have this ritual and do that. 
So yes, I totally agree with that. And yeah, the visualization parts are just like really <sighs> clarifying what is your energy and what is other energy, like what is mm -hmm. not you. And, yeah. and then like honing in on the clairvoyance part and like, yeah, that's the part that's really fun. At least yes. For me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Love that. I wanted to ask, what do you appreciate most about having a female body in this lifetime? And I'm curious, like, I don't know if you've thought about this or explored it at all, but like, do you have any thought as to why you think your soul chose to come into this life with a female body? Like what lessons have you learned or maybe like karmic cycles that you've ended so far in this lifetime in this body? Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I have historically in this current lifetime had like a lot of issues with men, if you can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> And what I, I have found really helpful in addressing some of those issues is the fact that I have been a man in past lives <laughs> mm -hmm. and that, um, yeah, like I can see how like there is information, like energy in my space that was it was, how can I say it? It's like when, so when we incarnate and we get a body, we get the information with that body. So it's like, we're in a female body. We have that info. It's like, what I could also see is like, I had in my space, a lot of information from when I had a male body. And that actually made my experience of being female, like, um, challenging and difficult. Like I hated when my period was coming. Like I was so not into like when puberty was starting, like I was not into it. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see that like, because of those struggles that I had when I had a male body and in particular, like having a female partner in a past life, like being a male and having a female partner and being in that space was really hard for me during some lifetimes. And so with that sort of like carryover into this current lifetime, it made yeah, it just made like that dynamic challenging. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I'm really enjoying about my female body oh, is just that experience. I just want to say like the life and death, like the life and death cycle that happens with my, with menstruation and with my, you know, 28-ish day <laughs> hormonal cycle, like mm -hmm. to go through that. I, I mean, I just, I really deeply love it. And I know women that talk about, you know, being on the other side and being menopausal and like missing it. Mm. So I really like hold it um, as like a special thing that I get to experience and to rewrite that idea that it's a curse and that it's just something to endure and get through. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's an accident that I'm in a female body in this lifetime. I think that because of the challenges I had as a male in the past, it gives me like a unique ability to like kind of heal. And, you know, when I talk about ending karmic cycles, like I see that having to do with forgiveness, you know, like the karma can't really live in forgiveness necessarily. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the karma comes into present time when forgiveness happens. So mm -hmm. it's like, well, maybe forgiving men in my life 
in this current lifetime is also connected to me, like forgiving myself for my actions as a man in a past life. Mm. Um, and what I see, like the thing is like, I don't know. <laughs> there's a, it seems that there is a past life where I was a man and I just like, didn't have any good luck with women. And I was like, didn't, I was like super lonely and I was really uncomfortable and angry about it a lot. Mm. And these are, like I just kind of like became aware of this very recently, in fact, in doing my own spiritual, I want to say journeying, but that's not really what I mean. But in my own, in taking my own spiritual steps and seeing that, like, you know, that, that way that I saw myself as a man in that past life was very much contributing to how I see men in this current lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I also have like this diminishing way of orienting toward like this competition with men and women. Like when I talked about that friend and coworker of mine, like him doing what I felt like was insulting me and him being against me and it, it's us, we're, we're, you know, mm-hmm. we're against each other. Like I also am like retiring that mentality because, you know, one of my big goals in, is to like not be in competition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in competition, like, there's this song that the line is like, if you're, if you're not trying to win, you already won. Mm. So I'm like, I'm not out here trying to like fight for mm-hmm. my rights or fight for equality. Like I'm not, it's like not what I'm doing because mm-hmm. again, like I'm a spirit. I have a female body. I'm going to make the best of it and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to bleed. I'm going to maybe be pregnant and have a, and give birth. Like I'm going to have menopause. Like I'm going to have all these experiences and like, I'm not going to hide or run away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to like not shave my legs. <laughs> I'm going to have like a weird, maybe sort of kind of like boy haircut. Sometimes like, <laughs> I'm going to just be myself mm-hmm. in my female body. Mm. And I also want to say, like, I love descending from my grandmother and my mother, like, so much. Mm-hmm. Like, like I love being a woman in that, in, like, that matrilineal line, mm-hmm. like, a lot. I really like, I like my genetics in this lifetime mm-hmm. <laughs> quite a lot. And I like the legacy that they leave behind for me to carry on. And, like, I just feel like I'm doing, like, what? It just makes sense for the generations. Like, well, of course, like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> of course, this is what I'm doing, you know, because I, it's 2022. I have the freedoms to do a lot of things that they couldn't. Mm-hmm. So that's the other part of it that I really am enjoying mm-hmm. thus far at age 38. <laughs> Love it. Oh, yeah. I'm sitting here like, what do I appreciate about being in a female body? I wonder if I was a male in any past lives. I don't know, but. I really love the the connection aspect of it. Like I tend to like feel sorry for men and how difficult it is for them to like connect on a a deep emotional level with each other and like not have that safety of being vulnerable with the bros. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hear from men all the time. It's like, oh, all we talk about is sports and we just, you know, over a beer, like that's the only time you could ever possibly bring up something emotional. So I love that as women, we can like, it's no thing to just like gather in a circle. And 
express ourselves. Yeah. And even being able to like talk about our periods, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, what, I mean, it's one of my things obviously. So I'm one to talk about it, (laughs) but I do love that where we just like, we can go there. And it makes me think of this story I've been telling a lot lately in particular, because Kittist and Maura just released a podcast episode about men. Mm -hmm. And it was reminding me like the conversations we were having from that was reminding me of um, many years ago, I had this lovely boyfriend who um, was a bit older than me. And he was sharing a story about his sister who was heartbroken about something. And she had her head in her friend's lap and her female friend and her female friend was like running her fingers through her hair and just consoling her. And my boyfriend was like, I need that. Like, I want that from my, from my male friends. I want that from like my brother. Mm -hmm. I want to experience that like safety and love and reassurance. And he like literally like cried to me that like it wasn't accessible to him. Mm -hmm. And like, that's so real. You know what I mean? And I know it's like not popular to talk about like men's issues or whatever, but yeah. I don't think it, I think that they're human. It's like, we're talking about human rights here. Mm -hmm, (laughs) And mm -hmm. and that because we have human bodies on planet earth, like we have, we have the rights of a human being Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, it's, it's important that like we can remember that just, I say this to you as from, from one Aquarian to another, (laughs) (laughs) that like, we don't need to be here to compete with mm-hmm. each other. You know, like it's not a competition of who's endometriosis worse and, you know, you know, who, ha- who is the most depressed. And, you know, it's like, we just need to be like loving and kind to ourselves, mm-hmm. to each other. It's like very simple. I don't know why <laughs> we go all over the place mm-hmm. off the map at times, but yeah, like one of my heroes is this woman who went by the name Peace Pilgrim and she dedicated her life to peace because she was anti-war, but she said the only way that we cannot have war on the planet is if we experience inner peace within ourselves. So she walked across the country like many times, like thousands of miles walking for peace. And that was her message, you know, mm-hmm. and like, that's, that is my message. Like I can't be available or be of service to anyone or to a cause or (laughs) you know I can't be out there like protesting Mm -hmm. like if I don't have a grasp upon my own heart and my own actions and how I treat myself firstly you know Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. uh, yeah that's been a theme for me as well like in the same vein as the whole feeling grounded and that that desire for freedom like to not be chained to something I'm like well is it freedom that I want or is it peace that I want (laughs) and the and peace doesn't exist for me when I'm like moving from place to place and when I don't know like you know where am I gonna settle down where am I gonna like have a home yeah that's like maybe it was fun a few years ago when I was in my mid-20s and now it's like okay, like, what are we doing? And so now peace is becoming like much more of a higher value for me. 
Well, Dana, what's the best that could happen? (laughs) (laughs) It sounds exciting because I don't know. I just kind of see it as like, what, where is, where do you land? You know, what's the Mm -hmm. landing look like? Like, Where and how? Mm -hmm. Mm Because you've taken so many steps, like you've just been doing such Mm -hmm. such amazing work, like inner and outer. Mm -hmm. Like, who do you get to, like, you get to see yourself in this, like, and that's a bit I was talking about too, like the the visualizing, the manifesting with journaling, or I like to color sometimes too, if I'm like getting excited about creating something, mm-hmm. like doing all that stuff now and then being like, hmm, how's it going to turn out? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's an adventure. Do keep me posted. <laughs> I will. So to wrap up, can you tell people how they can find you, work with you, get in your world? What do you have to offer? Get in my world. Okay. (laughs) I've just been getting so excited about teaching again. I started teaching in like 2021, but I was in a grief pit. It was like kind of strange timing, but I'm getting really excited about it again. I've been working with like a lot of new people. And so please stay tuned (laughs) for our spiritual hello psychic school in which I'll teach things like grounding, like I said, and like all these other really fun, cool, silly techniques to create your amazing life. And in the meantime, I provide spiritual counseling sessions. I do a lot of work with baby spirits. Mm -hmm. So if you are wanting to get pregnant or not wanting to get pregnant. (laughs) That's something that we can look at. I do work with animals and pets. So there's psychic work to be done there. If you have animal connection or a question about your pet, your relationship with your pet. And then I do like general support for women's health. I can be found on Instagram at spiritual hello. And my website is spiritualhello.com. Now I also am I do calls in the womb room. So the womb room.co on Instagram, but we have an online community, which is mighty networks. And I do calls there and provide chat support and other things. So we're doing really fun stuff there and I love it. And yeah. Awesome. (laughs) I love all of that. And yeah, to all the listeners, definitely go check out Nicole and everything she has to offer. She's amazing. And thank you so much for being here. This was a really juicy conversation that I'm excited to share. Yes. Thank you, Dana. You're an amazing host. Like this is just such a joy. Thank you. Thank you.